showtime. everyone to the Rosie and Bill show. It was just about 30 years ago that I stumbled across a song recorded by an artist I had never heard of at the time. The song was This Cowboy's Hat and the artist was Chris Ledoux. From 1998 until Chris passed in 2005, Chris's son Ned played drums with his dad's band. And since that time, Ned has done an amazing job of carrying on the family tradition while at the same time charting his own successful course in the music business. He's open for the likes of Garth Brooks and Toby Keith, who I share a birthday with. It doesn't get any bigger than that. So needless to say, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome this week as our guest to the Rosie and Bill Show, drummer, songwriter, singer, and cowboy, Ned Ledoux. Ned, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Hi, Ned. I have a question for you. You started playing music at a very young age. What drew you to the drums? You were like six years old, right? What drew you to that first drum kit? Well, it probably started when, uh, you know, I got to see my dad perform, you know, when, when I was a little kid. And, and it was way before he had the success that, he, that would come later, you know, he was still, you know, rodeoing a little bit or just retired from it. And he had been playing music for, for years and years. And so, yeah, I just remember, you know, I think it was in a bus barn or something like that behind the high school. And I remember him and, his, and a few friends just got together and was just decided to have a gig. And I just remember it sounded good and you know, people seemed to be enjoying it. And, and through the years, I remember seeing his shows and stuff and I got to be good friends with his drummer but there's something about the drums, you know, I mean, yeah, my dad's up there singing and performing, but I just couldn't take my eyes off those drums. You know, the drummer had this big yellow drum kit and, and uh, I don't know what it was about it, but the sound, the look, the smell of it <laughs> and the, the way it made you feel when you got to go back there and, and play them, you know, uh, that was kind of the thing that captured me. Yeah. Because a lot of kids, they, they want that and they like to make a lot of noise and then it, it fades away like after the first couple of weeks and then that's it. They never pick them up again. And the thing with the drums is it's okay to make noise. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my folks were very, you know, patient with me, you know, because once I did get my own kit at the house, they were set up in the storage room down in the basement right below the uh, living room. And I remember my dad, the first thing he did when we got these drums is he took the heads off and stuffed them full of newspaper. So then they wouldn't be quite so loud. And of course, I didn't know what his idea was behind it. I thought, well, maybe that's what you're supposed to do, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and it, was just, it wasn't just me, but all my siblings would go down there, you know, every day, every couple of days and play. And then it kind of got to be a battle on who gets to play the drums now, you know, but we, we worked it out. When you played the drums early on, Ned, and I, I believe you had your, you were in your first band in, in junior high, were you playing the drums then as well? And did you do any singing while drumming? No, the, the singing never came along 
years and years later, but, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I drummed my first band when I was eighth grade, maybe a freshman. And yeah, I played drums. I think I started, like you said, about six or seven years old. And I did take lessons for a couple of years and, <clears throat> and then just kind of kind of learned on my own. You know, I go around the house and gather up different cassette tapes and, and try to learn whatever I could as much as I could. And then uh, it was a band that had been together for a few years there in KC, Wyoming. Uh, Cowtown was the name of the group. And I guess their drummer found a job somewhere else or something. And, and so they, they heard that I was playing and invited me to come in and give it a shot. And they, they, they seemed to take a liking to me. So I, I stuck with them all through high school. Wow. Well, it, you, you can always tell it's your passion when you're, you're self-motivated to learn and, and get better on your own and no one's having to push you into it. Yeah. And I, I just loved playing music. I mean, yeah, I grew up on a ranch and I learned all the stuff that uh, is involved with ranching, fencing, haying, working cows and all that stuff. But I just found a true love for music. And I was like, well, as soon as we're done with these cows, I'm going back to the house and I'm playing those drums. <laughs> you know? But I know what I need to get done for the day. But, you know, this evening I'm going to be... Was, was there ever some rhythmic milking? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had one milk cow, but uh, not for very long. Okay. No. <laughs> how, how fast did the cool factor go up for you when you joined that band in junior high? Because I don't know what happens to girls and women, but when they watch guys in a band, you know, they get all these crushes. Like, did you have groupies back then? Not so much, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even if I did, I wasn't really paying attention to it. Hey, <laughs> you know, I just kept my head down doing what I love to do. And, uh, I had some buddies like, man, that's kind of cool that you know how to play this and that song. And, you know, how did you start? You know, but. Well, on, on a more serious note, you know, growing up with your father, you all seem like very salt of the earth people. What kind of an example did he set for you as his son and as an artist? Really, it just comes down to the, the golden rule, you know. My, my mom and dad both, you know, taught us, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, that's, that's all you really need to go through life with, you know, and, and also, you know, a work ethic, have, you know, something that my mom taught me is like, hey, you know, like kind of have a reason to get up out of bed, you know, like have something to shoot for, have a goal. And if you achieve that goal, then, okay, what's over the next mountain, you know, and have something else every, every single day. So. Yeah, they instill a lot of you know great, great things, and uh, I'm doing my best to carry on that tradition and, and also pass it on down to my son. Ned, you, you you've talked about um, that lifestyle and those lessons that you've learned, and and I I can only imagine that, that being true to that and that heritage and that lifestyle is important to you. But I'm curious, what is it that you think? Um, resonates with so many people when it comes to the Western culture and that lifestyle. And I know for me growing up in the city of Philadelphia, I was as far away from Wyoming just about as you could be. It, it resonate, resonated with me, but what is it about those characters and that lifestyle that you think just, as I said, just resonates with so many fans for so many years? I don't know, maybe there's just a charm about it, you know? But, you know, the way we grew up, we didn't really know anything different. That was just the normal for us, you know? And, and for all the, the folks that live, you know, 
I, I know there's country everywhere, right? I mean, you can be in Philadelphia or somewhere around there. You know, I got some friends around Pittsburgh. And uh, I mean, it's just, maybe it's just the freedom in the, in the lifestyle, you know, in the open spaces. And, and I know the movies and some TV shows kind of, you know, make it look like it's a romantic thing and like everybody should try this out. And yeah, there is some, something romantic about it, you know, but there's a lot of hard work and it's, there's, it gets a little bit gory at times, you know, but it's tough. Um, but yeah, I think there's just a charm about it. And, and there's characters out there that you'll never find any place else. You know, it's a, it builds a personality for sure. Well, you definitely seem to be true to yourself. Like, you know who you are and it really comes across in your music. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm just writing about what I know, you know. And, uh, there might be a something that happened years ago that fits, whether it's just you know a whole verse or just a line somewhere. Uh, that's like, yeah, that might sound kind of cool in this song. But yeah, I'm just writing about what I know, where I came from, my my friends, my family, and and uh, yeah, the landscape. And, Spotlight slowly fading The window's about to throw shut I'll Knock three times then enter And hope this trip brings you more luck Alone on this trail you wander Searching for your part well, This story has no ending you don't know where to start Forget the things that you don't have Pick up the things that you need Along the path of broken dreams You can find most anything Yeah, you mentioned uh, in, I was watching one of your um, videos that you filmed last year during the pandemic and you mentioned that um, not everybody, you know, knows this lifestyle, but yet, you know, there is something that kind of draws people to you. Like it's, it, you know, it's not for everybody. It is a lot of hard work and, and uh, probably a lot of sacrifice, not a lot of glamour, that's for sure. But, but there, yet there is something that, that people connect with about you and your music. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, on the other hand, too, I've I think about the, the next guy, you know, I mean, I'm right. Even though I'm the one that writes these songs, you know, they're not necessarily about me. I mean, maybe I have some experience in that, but really it's, I'm just kind of talking about, you know, the ranch next door or something like that, you know, and, and I do write songs about, uh, I guess on my last album, there's a song called worth it. Mm. And, I, and I was thinking about my granddad who passed away quite a few years ago, but, he was a rancher. I mean, true to the brand. I mean, everything about him was just hard work. He was a World War II vet. And, uh, and he also, I mean, yeah, he worked hard and he was, he can get, you know, a little bit ornery, but he also had a great sense of humor too, you know? And so I, I wrote this song called Worth It, really about him, you know, because it's, uh, yeah, and being on a ranch or a farm, uh, you're kind of born into that life. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people that come from the city or, or a small town somewhere and 
hey, hey, I, I want to buy me some land and get some cows, and that's great, more power to them. But most, I think, you know, most people are born into that. And, uh, they're just raised around it. And, uh, yeah, I, I tend to write songs about just the good old ranchers. There's no vacation and no retirement plan. It's a tough job to do, but it gets done, and it's worth it. tell you and I, I have to admit um a, a little bit of a secret here and share a quick story with you about that lifestyle and it really goes back to the first time I heard your dad and I became a country music fan as a result because again in Philly we did have a country station but it wasn't exactly a hub for country music although it did grow through the 90s and beyond but there was something about this place Wyoming and these mountains and that great wide open and, and coming from a place where you, everybody kind of lived on top of each other, I needed to see it. And finally in 2006, took a family trip out to Wyoming and then went to Yellowstone and stayed in a little place called Gardner, Montana by the Northeast entrance to Yellowstone. Went through Cody, saw a rodeo, almost bought 40 acres of land in Casper. Really? <laughs> and I remember asking the realtor, how long is the summer here? Like, where does it snow a lot? And he says, oh, no, the snow passes right by here and goes to Nebraska. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But I was just such in awe of that great wide open space and buffalo crossings and all that stuff. I just, I have to admit, I was a little intimidated by, they told me the summers didn't last very long, but I've never seen anything like it. And I could go back and back and back to just beautiful. So I, I can understand how that lifestyle could be attractive because it certainly was to me. Yeah, it, it is beautiful out there. And the thing about Wyoming, it's, uh, I'm not sure the, the acreage on it, how big it is, but it's the least populated state in the whole country. Uh, I think Denver, Colorado has more people than the whole state of Wyoming, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I don't know, I'm not sure uh, why that is, you know, but I know towns are very few and far between. There's only 23 counties in the whole state, but they're big counties. Um, yeah, I love it. You know, even though I don't live there anymore, you know, I got pictures all over the, the walls here, but I, all I got to do as well is just close my eyes and there's the Bighorn Mountains right there and, and the ranch. And, you know, I got great memories of, of Wyoming. Well, and you just said something I just want to uh, tap into just for a second too, Ned. You talked about closing your eyes and, and, and seeing those visions. That's one thing I want to say about your music, your dad's music, and it goes back again to the characters, the stories, the lyrics. I mean, as an amateur songwriter myself, I have an appreciation for just amazing lyrics. And I think that's what drew me into country music. And I was actually just last night taking a walk not too far from my home, listening to Sagebrush, your album from a couple of years ago. And I could, now I didn't want to close my eyes while I was walking, probably not a good idea. <laughs> But I could have. And the stories, they it's just you paint pictures with words and the stories just are so powerful. It's just amazing to me. And you've had a long standing relationship with Mac McAnally, who's a Hall of Fame songwriter. And for those of our viewers who may not know, Mac McAnally has won more CMA awards than Tom Brady has won Super Bowls. That's right. Guy's an icon. <laughs> What yeah. kind of an influence has he had on you, Ned, as a songwriter over the years you've worked with him? 
he's pretty much the guy who, who opened that door for me. Um, I guess it kind of started with, uh, there's these ideas that my dad had written down years and years ago and there are song ideas. And I know with dad and songwriting, he, he'd written so many songs and all this stuff. And, uh, I think he just kind of came to a point where he was, I'll, I'll have somebody else do the writing. You know, I think it just, you'd had kind of enough of that, you know, but he had all these ideas in this box and my mom was going through the attic or wherever they were and, and started going through them and thought, well, shoot, instead of putting these back in the storage room or whatever, maybe I could find somebody that could do something with them. And so she gave them to me. And then Mac, he, he was a producer for dad, I think on dad's the last three albums. And he wrote some songs for him as well, but uh, he was, he learned about what I was trying to do with these old song ideas. And he invited me to his place and we sat down together and this has probably been maybe close to five years ago. And uh, we finished this song and the title of it's called We Ain't Got It All. But from that point on, just to have that sit down with, with Mac, you know, and how to, how he pieces together words and the phrasing and just dissects everything. And, um, you know, like coming up with, I mean, I, well, I wrote this song called The Hawk for my dad. And I, I think I must've used the word fly like probably four or five time, different times. I said, <laughs> well, what's another name for fly? Like what else? And I was like, well, glide, soar. It's like, yeah, you know, you know, cause you've used, you've used the word fly like five or five or six times. But anyway, yeah, Mac, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. You know, he's kind of my songwriting mentor and, and we, we're actually in the process of uh, getting back in the studio the first part of June and uh, get some new stuff out there. But uh, and of course, I'm sending him all of these ideas I've come he up with just to kind of get his lover. stamp of approval. When do you think you'll be out there again? Touring? Well, we're hoping that uh, the second week of June uh, from that point until September, you know, we have quite a few dates booked and we played a few things here and there, but nothing like we would usually do but uh, just thankful to you know, have something on the books you know but and i think you know 2021 is going to be kind of a struggle just like 20 was and uh and hopefully by 22 with everybody in the entertainment business uh things will really get back to normal and crowds will be bigger than they ever have been before because i think there's a lot of people that you're just chomping at the bit to go see a live band no matter if they're good or not you know just to get out there and stand in a a bar or out in an arena or fairgrounds or whatever it might be because uh, we're sure sure excited to get back on the road that's that's for sure i was going to say i just happened to notice um yesterday on one of the uh financial news shows it was talking about live nation and how that stock is up like 132 percent over the last year and a lot of it is in anticipation of hopefully what's to come as you were just talking about later this year and next year, as, as things open up, there's going to be such a hunger for people to go out and see live shows that it's, it's going to be amazing and probably more appreciated than ever before. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, uh, and I know there's going to be, you know, for a while, there's going to be a lot of people that are a little hesitant on, like, well, I don't know if we should be doing this, you know, but, you know, I think for the most part, people are just ready to get out there, you know, and and I know there's going to be people that are going to want to wear a mask and that's fine. And the ones that aren't wearing masks, you know, don't be poking fun at them, you know, cause Hey, 
you know, everybody's just trying to take care of each other. You know, we want to be entertained and we want to be here and, and do this stuff. Uh, but, you know, just just be safe you know, the best you can. Where did you and your wife meet? Because you mentioned before we started recording that your wife is a school teacher and, and you're celebrating your 13th anniversary and it's her birthday. Of course, we record. So that'll be, you know, it'll already have passed. But the question is, where did you guys meet? Uh, well, it was, um, I was in this other band. This is probably, well, it's been, we've been married for 13 years, but we've known each other for 15, I think, 15 or 16, 16 years. But anyway, I was in this other band, you know, shortly after my dad passed, I joined up with a, a guy named Dustin Evans and they're based out of South Dakota, but they would play all through the Midwest quite a bit. And we'd get down to Kansas and, and I got to know her dad first, you know, with, without really knowing what was going to happen, you know, later on, but, you know, and, and her dad is, is cowboy right down to the toes in his boots. I mean, he's a, just a great guy. You know, I love him to death. And uh, so anyway, then I got introduced to his daughter and, and we got to just kind of hanging out and it was a, a gig we were playing somewhere around here in Kansas. And, and then of course I was still living in Wyoming and she was in Kansas and we just kind of, you know, through emails and a phone call, or, you know, just that long distance thing. And uh, so, yeah, pretty lucky guy. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it just happened that, you know, your know, Mother's Day, you know, was on Sunday, uh, May 10th, and then, or no, May 9th, and then our anniversary is on the 10th, and her birthday is right after our anniversary, and I didn't plan that, you know, <laughs> I didn't at all, but it, it sure makes so sense. You must have been doing a lot of shopping over the last week or so? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got me a whole truck full of flowers, and yeah, she... It put a smile on her face, so I guess I'm I'm good. Do you ever do like any like combo gifts? You know, just meld a couple of the uh, you know occasions together. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> well, I, I ordered some stuff that ain't going to be here for another few days. I was like, well, you know, I wish you could have had it on your birthday or on the anniversary, but uh, it, they're backed up a little bit, so it'll be a surprise for a few days down the road. Now, how old is your son, Ned? He's ten. He'll be 11 if, in June. Does he have any interest in following in your footsteps? What, as far as music, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, he's his own guy. I mean, he's very artistic. You know, uh, like this stuff is something I do on the side. I paint skulls and things like that when I don't really have much going on. But and and he, you know, I, I, I would give him a skull to paint. You know, I'd be painting on one, and he'd be paint on the other one but yeah he's very artistic and you know he loves music you know and, and we shoot baskets you know in the backyard you know almost every day and uh yeah he's he's got his own little thing going on but it's it's pretty fun to watch oh that's fantastic now ned i, I want to just touch base real quick on something that um i want to make sure that I, I get this out because when i first started listening to your dad a lot of people that again, in the area where I was, weren't necessarily fans of country music, and they had these sort of stereotypes in mind as to what country music was, and I said, no, you, you got to see this guy. Watch the pyrotechnics and the different things that this guy does. Like, Garth Brooks <clears throat> modeled his show after this, and you, when you play, you bring so much energy yourself. Like, 
how would you describe if someone was going to come out to see you as things open up, what can they expect and what can they look forward to seeing when, when they come to see you play? Well, if they'd seen one of our shows before the pandemic started, they know that we, we like to stay rowdy and just keep it high energy. And the fact that we've been off the road for so long and we do get to go out and play every now and then, but when things really get back to normal, if they thought those earlier shows were fun, <laughs> just wait, wait till what's coming out next. You know, so we're going to be jumping and running around like, like crazy, you know? So, uh, and yeah, for the ones that have never seen the show um, and it, maybe they saw some of dad's shows and yeah, dad had a, you know, the pyrotechnics and the bucket machine and, and uh, we don't have any of that stuff, you know, but cause that, that was dad's show, you know, yep. the, buck, the bucket machine was just, you know, a piece of him, you know, his, his rodeo side. And uh, so we just kind of let the music do the talking and, and, but, you know, have a lot of fun doing it. But I've also uh, read before Ned, that you feel that if people are spending their hard earned money to come see you play, you, you feel like you've got to lay it on, lay it all on the line and you want to work up a good sweat and, and give them more than their money's worth. Is that, is that safe to say that that's something you still strive to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they're going to spend their hard earned money to come out and see, you know, a 90 minute cowboy rock and roll show, then, you know, we're going to give it everything we have and play it like it might be our last show, you know? Uh, so yeah, we, we owe it to them. Now, Ned, one last thing, you know, you, you were quoted as saying that you want people to know they should never give up on their dreams. There's always time. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems to me that you really are a living embodiment of that. Why is that message so important for you to get out there? Well, I'm not sure if I'm really doing it on purpose. You know, I've always just been a big dreamer myself. And, and like I was saying earlier about, you know, when I write songs, I write about what I know and, and the how I'm feeling and things like that and maybe not get too deep to where nobody can understand it, you know, but, you know, I have written some songs. Uh, there's one, it's called where you belong. And it just, uh, yeah, you're going to go through a lot of struggles. You know, if you're going after this dream that you have, you know, there's going to be some people that don't believe in you, but don't listen to them. You know, mm -hmm. the only one that you need to believe in is yourself. Don't worry about, the noise on the side, you know, just keep your focus on that goal. And, uh, and also, uh, the people that do help you, you know, don't forget about them. Um, and, but then if you do reach the top of this mountain that you've been looking at for years and years, uh, just know that the climb getting there was really the best part, you know, because when you're at the top, there's only one way down, you know, but, uh, or one way around it, but, but yeah, uh, I've just always been, goal oriented and uh i got a lot of irons in the fire <laughs> a lot on my plate you know and i think that's good you know i got a big appetite yeah i love that that you said you know really to pay attention to the journey getting there and kind of the the now to really be in the present and appreciate what you can learn from the struggles of each day from the successes of each day and then when you finally do get to the top to take the time to really let it settle and breathe it in mm -hmm. yeah that's the other side of it we're all kind of programmed to just go 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 and what's next and and i think it's important to to just appreciate where you are where wherever you are at the time yeah yeah and also thank the people that helped you get there and 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 yeah it's just 
it's a pretty cool view. I mean, I've reached the top of a few mountains, you know, but I'm always wondering what's on the other side of the southern one. You know, it's like, okay, I've done this. I got experience in this. And, and that's what's going to help you, you know, keep moving forward is the experience you have and, and all the stories you can tell now. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. You know, there's no destination. It's just, we'll just keep on moving forward and, and take any of those uh, things that weren't so good in the past, you know, you'll carry them with you for a little while, but eventually they're going to weigh you down. So just forget about that, that stuff and just move on with the positive. That is such great advice. Yeah, it, it truly is. And Ned, I, I have something that, that I want to share with you on a personal note before we close out the show. But you said something a couple minutes ago that kind of piqued my interest. You were talking about having a lot of different irons in the fire. So are there any other things you've got going on that maybe you wanted to talk about? Well, I just, I've just always been that way. You know, I, I'm, I've just never been one to just you know, get one job done and say, well, I got the rest of the day to sit on the couch. You know, I've just always been interested in, you know, like carpentry work and, you know, like these skulls that I paint every now and then. And, and, and this time of year, it's beautiful outside. So there's things to be done out there and, and also, you know, songwriting and, and there's really no downtime for me. And that's the way I like it. I mean, yeah, I'll sit down and watch an episode of Seinfeld or something like that, you know, and have some, right. you, know, <laughs> you need to have a little break. But, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's good just to have, you know, and something else I'll do, maybe not every night, but uh, I'll write a list of stuff I want to get done for the next day. You know, like, okay, I need to get this done, whether it's a, you know, projects around the house, or maybe I need to make a list of some stuff we need at the store, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good just to, you know, stay busy, you know, physically busy, you know, because it helps with your, your mental attitude as well, you know, and it helps with songwriting too. I mean, it's, you can sit there and just bang your head against the wall and try to make something happen. But if you get up and go do something, you know, play around of golf or go work out in the yard or, you know, I've been helping my father-in-law, you know, burning pastures, you know, and, and so that just walks gives down me a lot fence. of ideas as well. So here's yeah. a scast stick. Well, then it's been so great having you on the show and we really appreciate you taking the time with us. And we would love to hear you sing something for us when we close out the show. Sure. Yeah, I'll pick something out. We'd appreciate that. And Ned, just before we go, I just want to say, um, just, just from the heart, it was, it was your dad that got me into country music all those years ago. And you are keeping me in country music. And I'll go from Stampede to Sagebrush and Next in Line and enjoy every single song every single lyric along the way. So thank you for keeping the tradition, for doing your own thing and doing it as incredibly well as you were doing it. Thank you so much for being our guest this week. Well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to continue the, the positive and, and uh, keep on moving forward. But yeah, this is a, a real treat. Ned, it has been such a pleasure and we thank you so much. It's, it's been our honor to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ned Ledoux. I drive a rusty pickup truck full of pulse and old barbed wire. It's held together with hope and dream, holds on for bald tires. But I owe my soul to the savings alone. But I'm a happy man, cause I got a loving family and a 
little piece of land. And now we ain't got much of nothing. Some folks might call us poor, but we got meat in the freezer and credit at the store. And there's cows out on the prairie, wife and children down the hall. Now you can't tell me we ain't got it all. This old house ain't much to look at. It's shelter from the rain. More to do than I get done, but you won't hear me complain. Well, if it's me who does the looking, this place borders on divine. Something we can build on this home for me and mine. Now we ain't got much of nothing. Some folks might call us poor, but we got meat in the freezer. And credit at the store And there's cows out on the prairie Wife and children down the hall and now you can't tell me We ain't got it all But I work hard And you do too Each and every day And we do our best To keep them blasted wolves away Some folks might call us poor, but we got meat in the freezer and credit at the store. And there's cows out on the prairie, wife and children down the hall. Now you can't tell me we ain't got it all. But it's a simple way of living with blessings big and small. And now you can't tell me we ain't got it all.